Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 317 of the podcast with my guest, Leland Bowden. What a delight and a joy. I want to quickly shout out uh, for your wonderful email, Dumo. I wanted to just uh, thank you for that. And also a widespread thank you for those of you who were uh, participants in some way in Max Fund Drive, whether you you know, couldn't subscribe or donate yourself, but you helped spread the word, or you are one of the folks that upgraded and, um, you know, marked my podcast as the reason or a reason. Uh, to those of you who have subscribed for the first time in Max Fun through the JV Club, I cannot thank you enough. What a just wonderful experience that was. Listen, I'm not a fundraiser uh, at heart. Um, as those of you who are long listeners know, I I have not really solicited for anything like that in the past. And um, knowing that it's going towards supporting this wonderful network of people and uh, helping me continue to make the podcast has made it just kind of a, a, a special thing. So thank you so much for that. I also want to remind people that they should come see me and hang out with me at Pod X. That, of course, is May 31st to June 2nd, 2019. Guys, that's this year in the heart of Nashville at the Music City Center. It's hosted by the creators of LeakyCon, BroadwayCon, and Con of Thrones. And essentially, you're looking at a, a, a fan expo, an opportunity to meet and hang out with podcasters, but also uh, sort of something along the, the, the business side of podcasting in the sense that podcasters are going to get to meet other podcasters and talk about the form and give advice and all that good stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, if you would like to come, you can log in at PodX. You don't need to log in. Let's be honest. All you have to do is go to PodX.com and then enter the JV Club code at checkout and you will get a discount, 10% off. Uh, I am also hoping to perhaps offer some sort of raffle. I'm just talking with the PodX guys to find out what needs to happen for me to be able to provide free tickets to some of you. So stay tuned and hope to see you there. I hope you enjoy the episode and let's let her rip, shall we? to acknowledge that I am loving that you showed up wearing a jacket covered in patches and oh. made me feel like I was we were going to be friends immediately. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> now, as are those all like you added to or was it like you bought it No, pre-made? I bought this from a second-hand store in Utah and it came like That's this. Amazing. So I don't know if yeah. someone did it or if it's <gasps> what a just... What story! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts a lot of conversations there... that I can't add anything to I... because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. Like Estes Park. There's one oh. Estes Park patch that's like right Right there where like a lot of people get married in Estes Park apparently. And that's Estes Park is the place where the the hotel that I think The Shining was inspired by is there. Well that's a fun fact. Yeah, I think Estes Park is that place. It's like this beautiful old kind of creepy looking white uh, hotel. Up oh, on the hillside. I finally have something to add. There you go. <laughs> You'd be like, mm-hmm. remember that murderous hotel from Stephen King? It's this path. That's us as well. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, and there's like a little, because they are, it's a random enough assortment that yes. you feel like what's the story behind each one if they were added one at a time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's like a color a scheme, but you know, like this is a shopping bag that says Paris. This one, this one says wild child. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Tab, clearly. This one is a cat that looks like my cat, which uh-huh. is so it was made to be yeah, a little tabby. That's a tabby patch. That's a pretty cute one, too. Yeah. Were you a, a kid who accessorized a lot? Like, did oh. you have the sort of like, I've got these buttons because I like this band or these this or these oh, that? Big time, big time. I, uh, I'm i like a little craft. I was a craft kid, you know, Love so it. I had one of those. Um, my dad is an electrical engineer, and so he was working on circuit boards all the time uh-huh. uh, while I was growing up. And he had one of those like large uh, industrial, uh, like holds a bunch of screws, drawers and stuff like that. Totally. And exactly that was for me. And I held things like bottle caps <sighs> and soda, soda can tabs and Girl. like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you, was it even almost like I'm laughing because I have a small version of that and it is absolutely for, I don't know what, but I think it is for tools and screws and yes, nails. It's, that's what it's, it's not for. Cute. Yeah. It's like, in the, but I, but I almost felt like, I was looking for like I was like I guess I better collect these because I would have an empty drawer and I'd be like hmm, <laughs> that drawer needs to be this filled needs something yeah <laughs> better get a bottle cap going the same way like uh, and the worst part is that I save things and so if like you know the uh, do you get like screeners uh, yeah and yeah. so like some of the boxes are very beautiful and creative and so it's like well I have to save this box and now yeah. that I've saved this box I have to put something in this box <laughs> like and it's you have just to prove its worth yeah. Yes. And then accumulating more <laughs> stuff to put in the box. And so I have to like be really aggressive about purges. Otherwise, I look like a hoarder. Yeah. You know? Did you have you done the whole Marie Kondo? Oh, big time. Thing? Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yet, but I'm also not. I've, I've always had a real joy of purging. Yeah. So, so I, it's not as you didn't for need me. It. I didn't. I don't need as like, much of a push because I do get that itch to be like, I also, just want to get rid just of Just looking at your up. space, it's so clear that everything in here brings you joy. Like it's oh, clear. Thanks. Like things are cultivated and thought out. There's a picture of what is this? An alpaca? I think. Yeah, it's an alpaca. It's just like hard to have a bad day when that little face is staring well, out. At looking you. right at you. <laughs> I feel better already. You know, like everything feels very like loved and cultivated. And there's a very cool orange and blue scheme i thank you for all of it i these also are my goals maintain that it is shocking that a child does not live here because there is a lot that looks like a child lives here oh this is my problem on the regular like oh, good. Okay. yes this i love a lot of colors I love spirits of, man. yes like and i and i like to yeah i i need a lot of things my places need to look very busy and i love colors so like my last apartment before um i moved to utah for my uh job on Andy Mac um was one of the walls was a, a whiteboard I just painted it in whiteboard paint and then I painted a little section in chalkboard paint yes. and then the chalkboard I also painted in magnet paint so it was just like I could put a bunch of like sticky notes and well not sticky notes uh things with magnets um and yeah. sticky notes it, it all went up there right right and right and then uh the whiteboard I bought every single color of the rainbow marker oh, and I would satisfying. do everything I would write scripts I would do self portraits and I try to get it going for a while where I do a self portrait every single day of the week oh, right on. and then like compare like oh this is what I was feeling this week you yeah. know because the self portraits reflect kind of where you are so I you are like. a very clearly a very visual person you sort of yes. have that re- relationship to because I'm the same way I sort yeah. of have I don't I get uncomfortable thinking about like being the owner of stuff as being a consumer thing because I do 
try to have the things that are around me be about like what emotion does it conjure in me what mood do i feel safe am i in a nest am See, i cozy yeah. like how does that all you don't need that? marie kondo like you you are a version I mean, of she's her she's pretty pretty darn cute maybe oh, i maybe I, maybe i need her just because I'm, she's like the smiliest cutest she's a version of this alpaca uh, like, yeah she is just she 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 herself she sparks joy her wide open just like joyful face Oh, yeah, yeah. She came on the scene and it was just, I mean, that really was, she just like exploded immediately. It was amazing how much clearly people needed a little bit of happiness, (laughs) a little bit of happiness that isn't related to material possession. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it was, it felt like, like a a vitamin shot for the sickness of America. Well said. (laughs) I'm sure she's somewhere going like, Thank you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she's pr- she's she's on the floor of somebody's apartment <gasps> praying to rolling the space. around, being excited yeah. about the space. Um, do, and so you mentioned your dad being uh being an electrical engineer. Yeah. Do do you also feel that this sort of visual like do, what, did your parents live that way as well? Where they sort of they felt oh, like gosh. their house was a reflection of who they were, or was that more just incidental? Oh, I'd say not at all, Got not it. at all in the slightest. So yeah, my mom. And clearly, where is this, by the way? Okay, so um, I grew up in the bay area in california right love um, it so much and my mom's still up there and my brother is up there too in his own place in oakland and then my dad lives in san diego nice okay. yes so we've got, we've got the coast the yeah. covered yeah. yes <laughs> the coast is here um and yeah the, i would say my childhood home was it was just about utility it didn't look um bad it wasn't but it was just like yeah this furniture my mom inherited from her parents and so we have it and uh and also I feel like so I my background is I'm half Taiwanese my mom's Taiwanese um and I feel like that's kind of a part of where she came from I'm not sure how much of it is individual and how much of it is cultural Mm. but it's Mm. just like we need to seat a bunch of people around a table so let's get those folding chairs from Costco you know like that's utilitarian yes those are our chairs you know right right um and it's all about like what things can do you know we had two fridges in the house oh yeah and like to this day two fridges in the kitchen or one in in the kitchen not even in like the garage style yeah like because we needed the food Uh (laughs) (laughs) um everything's frozen like i I, my mom like saved like frozen breast milk for such a long time in ziploc bags oh wow like either from me or from my brother this is the first i've heard of this and i'm sure it's not that uncommon i think that's the first i've ever shared this too that's pretty well that is i mean what so she so she saved it longer than you guys were breastfeeding. Oh so yeah, she but was like, like, I just might need this. I don't know, but yeah, it comes from that mentality of like, I just might need this. You know, yeah. my mom is very much against wasting food. You know, up down to the literal grain of rice. You know, so I'd eat a bowl of rice, um, and I'd be like, I'm done, and I'd hand the bowl to my mom, and she'd look at it, and there'd be a couple grains left, and she'd hand thrust it back. it back and go finish it. Yeah, you know, like she's a little bit more lax now. I think she, I think in her like olderish age, she takes a lot of pride in like adopting American customs yeah she was so proud like about a year ago she called me and she's like Leelan we have coffee in the house because I am American <laughs> it's like so cute and she's been American forever like I was gonna say yeah. Yeah, how when did she when did she immigrate here like, uh when she was like in her late 20s early 30s I think yeah, so, yeah but she was an adult she wasn't she was it'd be adult. amazing if she was like 15 when she came here and she still called you to say that's true yeah that, that would be yeah. wild 
child, but she's like had her American passport for like since she came here, you right. know. Um, and and, and she just, didn't come here. She met, she met your dad. She, here. she met my she dad was, here, yeah. and I believe that's like how she got her passport um, or yeah. whatever through marriage. Um, but like, yeah, like it's cute to see her change in this way. But yeah, a lot of I think our home aesthetic uh, was based on kind of my mom's like cultural upbringing of like out of necessity and then my dad because he's an electrical engineer everything's necessity like his place in San Diego is just very much like it's like he's got a yoga ball in the living room he's got posters up in his house that are informational alone unframed <laughs> we're talking solar system we're talking nice. evolution of life he just we're, we need to refer to it yes the periodic table yeah. of course that's up there Amazing. you know and they're like in the living they're not even like in like the office they're like in the living room what a man. wonderful nerd oh i what love my dad nerd. he's I love he, it. a wonderful nerd is a great way to yeah. describe him well no because i was never the person that thought that was nerdy in a negative way i always I was always a person who, if I walked into someone's house and in their room they had the periodic table of elements, I was like, oh, you're so much smarter than me. That you yes. derive pleasure and meaning from wanting to have that represented. Oh, yeah. I'm, I was envious because oh. I thought that's a way my brain doesn't feel like it works. Same, you know? same. You know, like I, I, it's not in me to, although I did have a periodic table of elements magnet for a long time that went up on the fridge. Like uh, it's, it's not really my style to be like okay there's a reference chart i need it on the wall right i mean solar know? system that's pretty exciting stuff i have to yeah. say that feel that that fall that qual- but then becomes more visual right that yes. kind of yes when you're exactly. periodic table of elements it really is sort of i understand that these numbers and letters represent something visual i understand that they represent some some very profound the way matter is you know yes. how, how how on earth we react to all of these elements right but, but I it's still a- not a picture of a beautiful planet yes you know? exactly once, once yeah. you take it to the solar system that feels like okay i could see that right you know <laughs> that, that i could that could that i could probably do yeah but like, then you find I out do- astronomy is like all math yes like, oh, oh that's it. right yeah and you're like well that's not as fun i guess i can but then it makes you feel like well astronomy is cool because it's a science and i like astronomy and, and i like science so there you are yeah yeah everybody <laughs> pipe down everybody everyone uh, did did you have autonomy over your room in your house where you got to kind of just like let it explode into sort of who you were i did i did i did not have to share a room which was cool because i did I did grow up with um, a bunch of my cousins from Taiwan. Um, they were they'd be in America for a year, do schooling for a year, and then go back to Taiwan and then come back. Um, and I have a little brother, but we uh, he's eight years younger than me, and so we never really like yeah. it didn't really make sense for us to share a room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt really lucky. I always had my own room to decorate. It was, of course, filled with my drawings and paintings and collages. And when I was in middle school, that all I, I sacrificed all my individuality for things I found in teen magazines. <laughs> and so pictures of Usher and Hanson and like all went up on the walls instead. <laughs> that, you know, those moments where you have a little more perspective when you're older and you're like, oh, no, I was so creative. And then it just I sort of pulled all that this down. Must die. 
high for hormone assimilation. Took over yeah. assimilation <laughs> took over exactly yeah well what was your high school like uh, uh where on the bay area if you don't mind my asking uh, um i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> imagine if i minded i i can't talk about that these are secrets yeah um, i never i'm like sometimes you're surprised by what if someone's like that's just too personal you're like oh okay 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 yeah especially like i feel like i get the sense from you that you're similar to me and just like open book you know it's like yeah let's talk about anything totally. for the internet totally. um but okay uh i went to castro valley high school in uh castro valley i grew up in san leandro and castro valley um these places for reference are close to i would say oakland right. or berkeley yeah like those are the bigger cities that they're they're close to east east bay east, east bay, bay stuff yeah. yeah 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 um my high school was uh it was great honestly i now look back with a new appreciation on it it was a public school and uh what was really great about it is I didn't realize how good my teachers were like my teachers were really passionate about what they did I went back like a couple years ago and a lot of the same teachers were still teaching you know like uh, like all the teachers that I had are are still there and it was kind of fun to just be like oh like you know uh Miss Daly and she's like you can call me Tiffany you know like oh man no way (laughs) I had that when 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 my dad by the way was it my high school English teacher which I knew going in that was going to happen so it was not like all of a sudden your dad's teaching you it's like oh you know that's coming Mm -hmm. but um but so many of his friends and his peers when I got older were like you know you can call me Ned or you can call me da 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 and you're like nope it is hard (laughs) wired it feels so weird to call someone by their first I couldn't I can't do it it's like never being allowed in like the nice room of the house and be like yeah you can go in anytime you want bring a beer and you're like oh I couldn't possibly thank you it's it's weird it's weird for me I'm a garbage person (laughs) I could not possibly go in there (laughs) well then you had like the occasional teacher who would let you call them by their first I mean I don't know if you ever did but I think I had two in my entire oh, high wow. school history. I don't think we did. Our sixth—they were cool, our sixth grade teacher let us call her Darlene. Darlene what? Chavez. She let us call her Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. Wow. What a privilege at, at six. Yeah. At, at, at sixth, sixth grade, grade you're mm. like, oh, well, I guess we're the cool kids. Yeah. Nope. Can't do. It. I uh, taught improv at uh, improv comedy at a high school when I went to college, and so everybody called me by my first name or yeah. my my middle name. My middle name is Lelon. Yeah. Um, and my first name is Alex. Um, but like, but it's because I was like not much older than well, they yeah. were. <laughs> like that would oh that would be just so weird. Yeah, I remember like, and also I I was in school young, so I, like I started uh, UC Irvine. I had just turned seventeen when I started. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, and so I was like. 19 or 20 when I was teaching this class and I remember one day one of the like the high school kids went how old are you and I'm like I guess I was I guess I was 19 I was like I'm 19 and like her eyes squinted and she goes like she found you out yes and she went my sister's older than you oh, and it's like I saw a power dynamic yes. changing in her head yes. and I was like oh uh, why did I reveal uh, <laughs> this precious information uh, yeah that's uh I, I think I think that too about young teachers because my dad started teaching when he was probably 22 or something wow yeah and he had these and like 
it's kind of gross, but every once in a while he'll like reminisce. He'll be like, oh my God, I was 22. I was 22. There were these like 19 year old beautiful girls that would come through his class and he'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm the teacher. I'm the teacher. I'm the teacher. I'm I'm like, well, I appreciate your honesty. I guess it's hard to just turn that off when you're that young and you're a dude. four years away you know like yeah. that's not that's not so weird yeah you know and it's and it's also if they're like 19 then it's like everything's cool yeah i know i know you never succumb well I know. we don't know dad could you come in here please i have a few <laughs> questions i want to run by you for the internet um, okay so listen i've already established that you appreciated usher and Hanson. <laughs> yes were those the two main like no, I, I mean, and, and sort of like, or I like, that, I like these people there. because that's what we're supposed to like, you know, uh, honestly, everything was all about assimilation in this, at this time. And keep in mind, I was a couple years younger than my peers, um, cause of the young school. I start, I started kindergarten at like, or I started first grade at five or I something did too. like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hi young friend. I, I know <laughs> I graduated, I graduated at 17 and started college at 17. So cool. But, um, oh, yeah, but it was, but I'm also very tall. So it was weird cause I was always the youngest so and tallest which oh that's like odd yeah. yeah that's so strange yeah. because it's like did people just never assumed that you were probably younger yeah, i don't think anybody yeah but wow. then i feel like i was very vocal about it for whatever reason i mean i wasn't you like have to but yeah well, i mean it's weird when I'm you don't sad start, I can't you cling on to that yeah. fact anymore i'm and still trying are to driving and you're like i can't i'm not even close to right. being able to drive a car so yeah. you just have to own it you know oh my gosh but that's cool that so was that was it a program that your parents became aware of and said like well, let's start early or was it one of the was it just incidentally it was a preschool that sort of started teaching the scholastics of kindergarten you know when you were still really little i went to montessori school oh, okay um, so they kind of they they uh, you know they're fun and free you know right. except extreme on discipline uh, i <laughs> guess they have that, to like, be if they're going to give and take i don't know be. what other montessori schools were like but our, our like it was a place of learning and discipline you know it was just like it was quiet time and also the um Montessori school I went to we shared a wall with the church like and uh, the older class did the fourth through sixth graders which are all one class and um so during funerals we had to be quiet isn't that crazy like and so it's just like we weren't allowed to talk we weren't allowed to whisper you know because the because there was a funeral going on next door that's a very (laughs) unique experience to being a school to being at school and having to be quiet in observance of a funeral uh what was oh um so yeah so they kind of let you do that and um my birthday just kind of falls on that weird age too where you're just either younger or older than anybody yep and so um apparently i didn't adjust to kindergarten well and they're the school solution for that was like well I'll just bump her up to first <laughs> like she's having problems let's make it harder right. um but uh, apparently it was fine you know academically i i felt normal um socially i didn't really feel i'm sure i was like super weird i i know this i know it was super weird like i there's a there's a gal that i went to elementary school that i reconnected with in college we were drama majors and something that she said on the regular when we were in college is, is i never thought you'd end up this person so i don't know if i was weird in elementary school and normal out in college or if i was like normal in elementary school and weirded out in college but right. it it sh- it seemed to like it on the consistent her. baffle her yeah um but yeah so I by high school you're but you're still kind of like 
all right, let's let's figure out how to. High kind school, of I felt like I normaled out. I felt yeah. like middle school was rough, not just because middle school was rough on everyone, but that's like a huge transition point. I was going from a private school to a public school. That was a, a big style and the style of school. I mean, style of school, definitely. Different. Yes, exactly. Um, like I went from a class of twelve kids to a class of a yeah, thousand or something. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I was, I wasn't developing. I wasn't, I didn't have that tall, that tall benefit. <laughs> no, listen, being taller than all the boys and girls was not, Sure. Not yeah. That, that comes with it. It's yeah. a, it's a tall girl problems is a yeah. very real hashtag. Yeah. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so you yeah. still, so not only did you know you were young, you actually sort of looked I like think I looked and, like I was yeah. younger, you know, and oh my gosh, you know, I wasn't even ready for, for boobs, but I knew I needed them. Right. I knew I needed them to like be with people uh-huh. like just to <laughs> not in any romantic sense, just yeah, to be like, look, I'm normal. like you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was so short and tiny that, um, I had to stand on my own backpack to reach my locker. <sighs> That's a good anecdote. <laughs> that really puts it into the frame. Like, it's very easy to imagine. Oh, I was terrified. You're like, wait, my backpack is flat because I haven't got my books out of my locker yet. But I need my books inside my backpack to be able to reach my locker. Uh, just, Why couldn't they uh, give you one of the lower lockers? Terrible catch-22. Because everything's assigned at random, you know? You're and I'm so not, right. I'm not about to make waves no, don't, here. Don't do it. I'm still hiding in my own hair. My hair was also, like, down to my butt. Ah, and huge yeah. and, like, and thick. And I, like just could completely cousin it if I wanted to and <laughs> just hang out in my hair forever if I wanted to. Yeah. That's like. really the thing. I remember when I first, I mean, I don't remember when it was, but I remember the sort of like, you, like the, the anecdote that other people start telling people of like, well, you know, if you have long hair, you might be hiding behind something like, Oh, if you have short hair, that means you're not afraid to show everything you got. Because that's a real thing. It's a real thing. I think I'm sure I read it in like true. sassy magazine. Or yeah. Something. It's definitely in sassy know, magazine. But, yeah. Um, but I feel like that definitely applies to, to my life. I mean, my, except for right now, cause I feel fine, but I would say that all the times in my life where I had extremely long hair, I did not feel in control of my life. I, See, there you I go. I felt like, uh, you know, I am not connected. Hmm. I don't know. What to, my hair's pretty long now. Oh, please. I mean, I had super <laughs> short hair, and I think I was maybe more insecure because my hair was so short. But it, it wasn't like, I mean, yeah. yeah that's wasn't, like, it's I like a horoscope, you know. It's like yeah. everyone who has long hair is insecure. Everyone yeah. who's short, free. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I feel like long hair is symbolic of, like. In that particular case. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, everybody. This is J. Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself, a live game show here on the Maximum Fun Network. Make sure to listen to our next episode of Go Fact Yourself with guest Kurt Brownowler. I did a show in Flagstaff, Arizona, where the venue just didn't list that the show existed. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I, and it is the smallest crowd that I've ever done a full hour of stand-up for. It was three people. Oh, wow. my God. And Sarah Schaefer. Yes, I love crafting. It's my hobby. I have a craft nook in my home. You do? I do. It has all my supplies displayed in an adorable manner. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, uh, yes, applause. Applause for a nook. That's Go Fact Yourself here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.
Did you end up dating at all in high school? Yeah, I did. I did end up dating. Good for me. <laughs> um, I had a uh, I had a long term boyfriend. Like we went, we uh, were together for maybe a year, which that's, I feel like in, yeah, in high school I, years, that's six years. Yeah, that's six like years. Amazing. It was a six year relationship. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and then I like you know there were probably I'm sure I quote went out with guys and we like went out for like a couple weeks and it's like okay we're not going out anymore because that's like that's more middle school but definitely can bleed its way into high school too. sure um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I had any other relationships in high school besides this like mega one yeah no I just think uh, I'm sure there I'm sure there were did you feel this is a very kind of esoteric question so I'm not even sure if it's going to make sense but obviously when we look back at our lives and we look back at our adolescence you can kind of maybe track the ways in which you were changing a lot or you know that you were sort of like well this person I really looked up to and they loved this band so I kind of took that on for a while or Uh so and so introduced me to such and such like comic books or what have you do you feel when you look at that relationship like was there a time within the relationship that you were like, I don't know, man, we're still together and like so much else is changing or do you know what I mean? Or, or did it feel just kind of very stable for that entire year where you were like, I know who I am. I know who he is. That's a here really we are, good husband and wife, you know, question, husband and wife. <laughs> um, I, it's, Hmm. That's really interesting. I think I, I mean, I think this kind of persists to this day um, where I um I feel like I'm a very like social creature and so I feel like in a lot of relationships that I analyzed in high school and continued to in college and beyond um I I considered the social aspect like in a really big way mm. and um my boyfriend in high school I'm adding him Dave is his name Dave um, what's up like, Dave <laughs> um but like I I feel like he made a lot of sense to be dating him. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was like almost like an external. He was your, he was another poster. Uh, he was <laughs> another poster. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much discovery in this podcast right now. Um, uh, like, yeah, it's just like, well, we had mutual friends and, uh, he, he liked me and, uh, we spent a lot of time together and, and I grew like my feelings for him grew. I'm doing a show tomorrow called my diary and I'm reading literally from my high school oh, diary. Amazing. And there's a lot of like, of these calculated thoughts in this uh, diary. Oh yeah. Like, really? We're even at the time like, you're like, it this just makes sense. Yes. It's like, and he, like, I'm thinking about like what kind of boyfriend he would be. I'm like, Oh, he would be good to me and he wouldn't be mean to me, you know, like, which is well, what a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know what though? Arguably it's better than the person who, you know, so many of us are the, like the people who are d- super drawn to the bad boy. Yeah. The bad girl, oh yeah. You know, I've never like, been drawn Let to Let me be attracted to this person who's going to shatter my soul. Yes. Know? Yeah. At least I, you're being practical and kind yeah. of taking care of yourself. That's true. Actually. Yeah. I guess I've been drawn to a bad boy before, but, but yeah, I feel like when it like came to like be serious about stuff, it was always like good boys, you know? Good boys, B-O-I. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think so that it started from like a calculated way and then like, hmm. then like I grew to like, you know, 
feel connected to him. And then, then like, it's just like, I don't know, like things just, you know, we're good. And then it's like, okay, we got to break up now. And then they were bad. What year was that? What like did it encompass? Junior to senior Uh for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a year, uh, a grade below me. Um, but I wonder if that came into play too, as you're getting towards your senior year where there starts to become this recognition of like, this is coming to an end. Yes. I'm going to be somewhere else. I might have like self-sabotaged that. Can you say self-sabotage that? Is that a sentence that has two that. That's a subjects. really good question. Um, I'm going to say you can. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. My dad's not here. <laughs> Dad, you're not really here. So please go back to Arizona where you actually are right now. Uh, um, yeah. Like, so yeah, I think that part of it was just like, I knew it was ending and, um, and I think I, I, I felt like also that was logical, you know, hmm. A lot of interesting things I'm discovering in the moment here. Uh, but it was just like, yeah, we're going to be ending. So whatever, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, it was still like a hard breakup. Like, I don't oh, think sure. I've been through Again, a breakup that a wasn't, tremendous- that, that was like, all right. Yeah. But also, if it was before the end of the senior your senior year, then that like with every relationship that takes place in a school or a workplace, it's just so different than somebody that was in your life and then they're not in your life anymore versus somebody that you're still going to see possibly yeah. every day. It was close to the end of the school year, I, I believe. Hmm. <laughs> you didn't hold out until like, okay, now I don't have to run into you. Ah, strategically uh. timed. Very interesting. Because like the way, and it would be so interesting to like collect his thoughts on this too I I like just because it's like the way I remember it it was was just like oh yeah it was organically not good but also it was very well timed you know yeah Hmm. everything came to a head yeah I guess yeah did you get were you involved in theater uh in high school or did you discover that later boy was I Oh man, was I ever! I, oh. I, um, in middle school, where I completely lost myself and identity. Um, I, I always knew that I wanted to act, you know, which was weirder when I was younger because I was like not, I, I was social but not, um, not cool. I was just like always kind of dorky and like middle school made me very shy and uh, I still knew that I just wanted to act but didn't pursue it at all in middle school, didn't pursue it at all freshman year and then sophomore year got back to it and I was like yes this feels right. This is good. Um, But yeah I auditioned for every single school play. I couldn't sing Um, so if I got into a musical it was always like under the guise of Oh, this group is called Acting Ensemble. Uh-huh. And they're the people who don't sing. Right, right, right. Um, and, uh, or, or like, I was in South Pacific. The, Which is a fairly singy musical, I got right? to be Liat, who is, if you know the musical, it's the daughter of Bloody Mary, who the, maybe one of the most offensive, like, really? um, uh, Asian characters in musical theater. Um, oh my God. maybe not, who knows? Um, but it's her daughter. She doesn't sing. She's a main part in that musical, really but she does not sing. All she does is speak French and then make out with some American soldier. <laughs> and then, and oh, and she does a little dance. Oh, this was kind of fun too, is that, um, there were so many really good dancers at Castro Valley high that they had not only like one, but like two dance auditions specifically for this musical. Oh and I, um, I don't think I made it past 
lost the first round for this, but because I was Liat and she dances, I got like a three minute solo of dancing. <laughs> and everyone else who auditioned twice or whatever. Yes. Were like, hmm, um, I mean, it was just as good as it could have been coming uh-huh. from me, but right. uh, hey, cool. <laughs> what, uh, what was the... What was the the sort of diversity makeup of Castro Valley? Was it nicely diverse or was it sort of mostly? I would say it was major, uh, majority white. Um, it, it wasn't like, I mean, I talked to my friends who were from rural towns. were like, they, we had one Asian, you know. Right. It wasn't really quite like that. But yeah, definitely white dominant. Um, and uh, and then, I don't know, like a collection of other minorities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so for me, that was that was what was normal. Um, I was like, yeah, I live in a white dominant world and, and media makes sense. It reflects my life. And then it wasn't until like going to college and then studying. It's like, oh, these like your world is not the world. And then and then, you know, I'm just so glad that it's now topical and it's been topical for years where it's where it's just like, oh, just because this is how the world's been doesn't mean it's the best world that we could have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did did you feel like I only. The only reason I thought of all of that was because you brought up Bloody Mary and then that you played her daughter. And I was like, I hope you didn't feel like you were up against like racial bias when you were auditioning for parts that had nothing to do with, you know, I had no being idea. Asian or not being Asian or being white or not being white. I, if anything, I, I played into it. Um, have you watched Pen 15? No, oh. I haven't yet. It's I know. So good. People are telling, I got to write it down because uh, I just keep forgetting. It's just fantastic. And especially like, it, it's made for people like us, you know, yeah. all the specifics are so like, it's all about like AIM and, uh, you know, all AIM, yeah. <laughs> the best way to describe it. Um, but uh, there, there's like an episode of, uh, so one of the characters is biracial Japanese and probably white, white mix. Um, and uh, I, it's uh, was haunting to see this character play out her medical experience on TV because it reflected so much of my own. Mm. Where like they do like a, a spoilers coming up. Um, I mean, you can't really spoil it. It's a fun scene. Uh, it's not like it's you know yeah. lost. Yes, something. yes, exactly. <laughs> like everything hinges on the secret, <laughs> right? Um, but they like she's in middle school doing a project with all her white friends and they're all spice girls and they're like oh you're scary clearly because you're the ethnic the one closest and then to, they yeah. like kind of keep like um selling her to do other racial stereotypes and like she just takes them all on i would say that was my relationship with um racial bias hmm. you know where it's just like i was aware of it i didn't feel comfortable but it got me attention Absolutely. You know? No, and I mean, that does make sense, though. If it's like you're looking for a place to fit in and people are telling you that you have a place. Yeah. And it's that's an- some sort of acknowledgement rather than just being pushed out of it altogether. Exactly. So what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to be like, oh, I'm I'm, sp- I'm special. Look, haha. Exactly. I get to represent scary. Yes, exactly. Yes, I had no choice in it. And I was not part of that conversation. But at least they wanted me. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's not like my my white friends were like selling me out every right. day and being like, do you? But, but I mean, it, and but and this is not something that you know ended in high school it's something that um carried with me through my college my college years were interesting just because UC Irvine is majority uh, like Asian dominant um and uh but I was in the theater program which is white dominant again mm. you know so it was like I was kind of like in a uh a, a world a majority 
majority minority majority world like right. it was interesting kind of just like the pinging back before circles of, of yeah. like identity um but uh, I would say at the beginning of my acting career, when I started in Los Angeles, you know, it's it's something that's still ongoing. You know, I would say a lot of the, the roles that were available to, to me um, when you're just getting started, you know, and you're still working on your acting chops and you're still working on your connections um, have a lot to do with uh, what you can provide visually. Right. And if there aren't those storylines being told of like um, that, that we see now uh, um, and hopefully continue to see if the, those storylines don't exist, then um, you end up playing the geisha house owner, which is something I really played. I'm not even Japanese, yeah, you know. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the what can someone pass for oh, conversations yeah. that oh, are yeah. good. It's just like awkward. There's like a video that I did um, years and years ago, which I think is off the internet now, so no need to out any companies <laughs> or whatever. Um, but where like they were matching up a bunch of funny women with a bunch of funny children for the premise of this video and they hired everybody independently they just like they grabbed a bunch of funny women they grabbed like women the children from these auditions who were the best um i was paired up with a black child because we were the only people of ethnicity and you're a person who clearly would be more likely to marry someone of a different race than a white person who had to have a white child i i mean it's just like it just made just as much sense for me to have a white child as a black child but it's just like oh you're dark and you're dark you know connect like and it was it was just like like if if this is like my child then like like it it was just like weird that they made that choice right off the bat you know like easily I could have a black child if I if I a biological black child if I married someone who was black but it was just like weird that that was like this is this is logic you know, it's like it I, it I feel, easily yeah. could have any child. Well, you know? it gives you it really gives you a, a sense into the sort of like diversity checklist, which is still very much alive and well. And mm-hmm. I mean, those are conversations that I've had with some of my friends who aren't just like straight up Caucasian, which is also being caught between like I, just the amount of things that they didn't get to audition for because there was no ethnicity called out. But oh, once. Uh-huh. But but then you look at someone you you don't even they they don't even realize like that they don't want somebody who's not white until suddenly they're not seeing those people or they're seeing them but they're not casting them. The brainwashing like, is yeah. Like, but also you don't have but like it, then also feeling the responsibility of like it shouldn't be it's not bad if a great story is being told and part of that storyline is you know someone with a Japanese American cultural heritage and and the writer brought that into the frame but also if it's just like a story about three adults living together and 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 they could be any race at all yeah that should be okay okay also you start it doesn't I, have to be you know you your identity will always be tied to how you look or what oh, you yeah. are so to and speak. also i kind of exist in an, um, uh, an interesting specific space because i'm biracial so um what i've kind of learned from what hollywood has taught me is i am a quote non-threatening ethnic <laughs> yeah. boy that's a real thing too oh my gosh in like Hollywood. It's, it's weird the things that you eventually just kind of pick up over time in a subconscious way where I would say, I mean, my perspective has changed and thank goodness the landscape has changed. Um, I've been on this great show for, for three seasons now um, called Andy Mack. And um, I, I get to play exactly who I am. I'm a biracial 
a woman who has an Asian mom and a white dad. And like, it's not a question. We still yeah. do episodes about the culture, you know, like where it's like, oh, it's Chinese New Year. Everybody get your best stuff on. We have to impress the relatives, you know, but it's not all about that. Right. Um, so like that is a new experience for me. But I would say before that you start as like an actress, you start like pitting yourself strategically where it's like, OK, I'm looking at this pilot. I'm reading the breakdown. They're not going to want me for the lead. They will read me for the best friend. Right. You know, like by the way, meanwhile, I'm on the other side going, I'm never going to get the lead, but they're only going to read me for the lead. Why can't I read for the best? <laughs> I want to read for like the weird. I'm weird. I want to be able to be weird because when I go in, they look at me and go like, hmm, this could be leading. And then I open my mouth. and They're like, no, no, no. Like no, 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 we no, no, both no. know this information. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. never in the breakdown. It is never in the you breakdown. Know? Like, but we You're know You're just this. reading between the lines. Yes. Yeah. Like it's how and how interesting that it becomes a part of what we don't even have any opinions on it or feelings. It's just like, OK, cool. Um, like, let me talk to my agency and see, see if they can get me in for this best friend role. Right. She's sassy even better, but they might go black. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and that's also a real thing, too. Yeah. I remember reading for a part where they were undecided if they wanted an Asian woman or a black woman to play uh, the part. And so they had written like slightly different lines um, for oh, no. uh for for the part oh, you no. know and you say certain lines if you're asian different lines if you're black because they, they knew they wanted something yeah, that is you really know interesting huh, huh. I have very weird feelings about that because like on on one level you're like well i guess in someone's mind maybe they were like well we don't want to misrepresent if we're going sure with somebody that has like a certain cultural background we don't want to misrepresent by writing something but it still feels really icky. It's weird, yes. And it's like, uh, gosh, how is this smart to be just talking about all these things? Um, but the answer is no. Uh, I mean, well, the thing here's what here's the other thing though is that I feel like one thing that I've gotten better about considering, and maybe it's it's probably still very, it's probably like naive on a different new level. But so often you realize that like so many people are thinking the same thing. It's just when they get into a cluster of fear, they uh -huh. suddenly become part of the problem or they become, they yeah. become the, the thing that isn't changing. Um, because like when you, t so many, like if you sit down with a, a casting director, they are going to say the same thing. They're gonna be like, Oh, it's so uncomfortable because I love my funny gals and I know I can't call Lilana in for, you know, and I know I can't like, they feel that way. And then the writer feels that way. The writer's like, well, I had written it like so-and-so. And then the network said they thought we needed to have a such and such. That's so it. I had to change a so-and-so. And then the network executive is like, well, I just was afraid I was going to get fired if I didn't say what I, I just thought. like, who are like, we catering oh, to like just, yeah we're all just human beings yes and then at some point depending on what part of the machine you're in you you end up being a part of like the cogs and the wheels that keep that going yes but, you're right you so know, maybe it is good that these I think it is. these stories are like more people are talking about uh, it. yeah you know we're like because my my goal is not um to be punitive you know it's yeah. it's to kind of understand what we're looking at because like you were saying i can understand why you know why that why that happened yeah. it's because um, it's, it's just so hard if you don't have a reference of somebody who is, um, a minority who is a creator. Yeah. You know, like, then you're like, okay, I know, like, everybody's acting with their best intentions. You know, it's like, I want my show to be diverse. How yes. do I do this? Yes. I'm going to start from ground zero yes. here and just say anyone. 
you know, and right. I want to be respectful. So I'm going to write differently for this race exactly. and this race to show that I'm, exactly. I know that they're different, Exactly. you know, and at the same time, it just, it feels different just being on the other end of it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You perfectly articulated it. Listen, you're not <laughs> going to get in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble. Except maybe with Dave. I don't know. Because Dave, you know, a year together, he probably has a lot of thoughts. He probably he does, <laughs> you know, like, like with the last time, like we connected, which I think was just like an Instagram message things were cool and stuff you know I'm sure makes me happy um but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so okay so how did you dress like what was there a sort of particular um not a click but you know was there in high school in high school yeah like a like a a group you would have been associated with on some level Mm, good besides the theater kids or maybe it was Um, like the theater kids do you know what bracelets are i wore all of them (laughs) i wore bracelets up to the middle of my forearms because you know yeah hey, we're all just doing jangly our best. or the cloth not jangly not, they were yeah. they were just like thick plastic uh you know i made it myself friendship bracelets lanyards yeah, you, you name it it went on the wrist that stuff um, depending on what mood i'm in that stuff tends to accumulate on my wrist now oh, too yeah no i'm not a bracelet person anymore weirdly enough you know i need my wrist to be free <laughs> um but for whatever reason in high school it all they were all there yeah um i'm so times. excited the things i wore in high school are like coming back like we're talking you know tank tops with giant jeans uh-huh. the biggest jeans you've ever seen they're yeah. so big what is she hiding uh-huh. um <laughs> uh like yeah we're talking chokers lots of necklaces lots of necklaces lo- necklaces lots of bracelets i guess i i i wasn't solidly one category um i hung out with theater kids and punk kids and there was a big overlap at my high mm-hmm. school too and like a lot there was a lot of overlap between punk kids and improv kids oh right. too so well, i was the fact that there were improv kids is very impressive because that, that was fun? not a thing that oh, was like the a, club had just gotten started my sophomore year and it was like the first time i felt like oh here's something that like is really truly mine you know um besides like art and stuff like which i just feel like is really broad it's like improv is something that i like it's something I want to get better at. It's something that I could see spending all my hours doing. And that's what I did. That's great. <laughs> Up to this very day. Yeah, it's like yeah, I, yeah. I went to one comedy sports after school club meeting and I never looked back. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. And it had just gotten started, you it said? It just when got, you were... gotten started. You that's know? cool too. Because then you sort of feel like you're a part of something new. I mean, it's, it's really exciting to enter into a situation where you feel like you're joining something that's been long established and has yeah. a history and a legacy and all that kind of stuff but it's also really exciting to start something yeah, be on the ground floor on the ground floor oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 well that's how you were able to teach improv at such a young age because that was impressive right. to me i was like holy hell <laughs> 19 everybody that's pretty cool that makes me feel good that someone thinks me teaching improv is impressive <laughs> i do think it's impressive and i always i mean you know this because you're in that world but how often do we recommend improv to people who aren't even interested in like performing as improv performers just because I mean I would ho- I hope that it it did all the things that we like to think it does which is you know make you quicker on your feet just in life make oh, you more sociable in life my goodness make like, you more daring or confident or willing to fail willing to fail how about that that's a huge one I feel like I owe everything to improv you know like I feel like Everything you learn, especially in long form improv, can be applied to your life. Um, I feel like because I'm such a people pleaser and I want to be liked and I want people to like me and I want people to feel good. 
I feel like a, a, a serious struggle I've had all my life is connecting to reality, you know, mm. not knowing how to call something out, not knowing how to like tell somebody they're making me feel bad or like that this is weird or they're being untruthful or whatever I in the moment. You. Just I being like, you. yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then leaving later and being like, that was weird, yeah. you know? And yeah. I feel like improv, it's still something I'm working on, but improv is training for being like was that unusual how did that make you feel now say it you know right, and, it, and right. it's like like where else do you, you don't even get that training I feel like in, in therapy to the level that you can practice it on stage yeah you, you maybe I, I mean maybe if you are really doubling down on therapy you're going uh-huh. maybe twice a week or three times I don't know I, right. I I'm not in therapy but it's something that I could do maybe should do uh, <laughs> um but like, but when you're doing improv, you know, especially if you're a big fat nerd like I am, you're trying to get up, you know, at least three times, four times a week, especially when I first started, I would try to yeah. perform four to five times a week. So it's like that repetition. Yeah. You know, you had the hunger for it. Well, it's true because a lot of the time you kind of feel like it's funny because I say this about like doing escape rooms also, which yeah. is that you do one and the and whether or not you get out, you kind of feel like you just started to warm your brain up hey. at the end of the hour. And I think that's true with improv too, right? Is that yeah. you'll do, if you do one show at the beginning of the week, it almost is like you feel like, okay, got it, got it, got it. I got that. Now I'm in the zone. Yeah. But now I have to wait till tomorrow night to do it. But that there's this cumul- cumulative effect yes. where you do feel more and more on point the more often you do it. And I feel like any experience makes me want to do it again. If I have a bad show, I want to do a, a good show to redeem totally. myself. If I had a good show, that feeling's good and I want to do it again. You know, like there's no show that I can have that makes me not want to yeah. repeat it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, how often are you in Utah and is that is there a place for you to express that there or is your schedule so crazy that there's no room for that kind of stuff anyway? Um, it is so crazy. Um, it's been crazy every year. The seasons, the first season was four months, second season was eight months, and then this season was six months, I think, you know. so That's a good long while. That's a good long while. Um, I found a place uh, through a friend in Ogden um, called Sasquatch Cowboy uh, that does long form improv. That's and a so, pretty cute name. Isn't that one of the cuter names? It cute. Um, it cute. It cute. Uh, me and my best friend Wilder, who also does improv too, we we almost road trip because it's like an hour away. Oh, um, but in in Utah hours, that's like fifteen minutes because there's just no traffic anywhere. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, after a day of shooting, because we'd shoot on Saturdays, we'd drive up and perform. Okay. See, um, that to me is super impressive because I mean, for me, after a day like, of shooting, I'm like, like I can't times. wait to sleep in a bed. But yeah, I just want to do a little bit. It's not like we like we really only made it out a handful of times, but it was just more than I would have done. It was so great to just have a little taste. Sure. (laughs) And so they have a regular group, and Mm -hmm. you they would just have you come and sit in. Yeah, yeah. They were generous about like being like, yeah, come and guest with us. Yeah. Do they do long form or do they do? Now I'm really nerding out. uh, Long form and short form. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. And you have a preference for long form, yeah? Or I, now not? I have a preference for long form. Yeah. I mean, I'll do short form any day. It's great. You know, I spent years in college. That was our troop. And then high school was our troop. I think short form is more gratifying. It's easier to teach and it's easier to do. It's, you know, it, like... Just firing um, off these quick pops of yes, energy. Yes, and, and it's more accessible. And, yeah. Like long form, you have to be really good to win over uh, an audience who's not familiar. Um, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's a sense of like, if it's great, they kind of just 
feel feel they must have misunderstood and that it was scripted. That I have heard has happened before at yeah. Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, a friend of mine told me that um, these people walked out and demanded their money back because they thought they were seeing a scripted show and they thought it would, the show was being disingenuous. And she had to explain that. It, I think it was an ass cat. It was like a really good show. Right. Yeah. She yeah. It's like, well, come back the next week and so you can understand it. Like, no, they're just doing this. Yeah. You know? um, that's that's my goal. I think in life to do a show that's so good. That's so that good. People like people walk I out. My money. because because they think it's scripted. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's a cool reason, kind <laughs> of. Yeah. yeah. I've already accomplished the first goal. I think in my <laughs> many years in black box theater. Oh, oh indeed. Oh, indeed, my friend. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. Okay, I want to get into this MASH game with you. Um, for my first MASH category, I am going to say... Let's do three. Uh, let's do three comedians, performers, living or dead, any era that um, it would be super fun to collaborate on something with. Oh my gosh! Um, okay, um, we're getting super super nerdy, um, but one uh, I want to do Viola Spolin. Okay, great. I don't even know if that's how you say her name because she's like I, she's like the founder of like like improv i mean not like you know like yeah um but like theater games theater sports that kind of yeah. thing and so that would be one right. um my like person i've watched since i was like teenager amy poehler right there with you um and then my third one is um oh my gosh i i don't even know them by name because I just absorb the content without like r researching them. But I want to say the ladies from Pen Fifteen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like, That's totally fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, uh, let's do a place in the world that like three places that you could have a vacation home. You would like to have a vacation home if getting there were no issue or challenge. <gasps> oh. My goodness. New York. Great. New York City. Great. Big time. 
Uh, second one is Taipei, Taiwan. Oh, good. So I'm could, glad because I was going to ask you if you if you've gotten back there and and kind of seen where your mom was from. I went back earlier this year, um, and I've and I've been before, um, but this one I really got to experience Taipei um, and what it's like to be a youth in uh, a youth uh, in Taiwan. And I fell in love, so I'm dying to go back. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll get your vacation home going there because this is a oh. reality now. Oh, <laughs> Apparently, oh according gosh. to me, I have the Let power. it be true. <gasps> and then my third one is going to be mm, vacation home, New York City, Taipei. Those were easy. I think I might have to go. Um, uh, I'm okay with mulling silence, by the way. Mulling silence. Like, if you want to mull it over in silence or... I'm just saying I don't Ooh. want you to feel pressured like, oh, the clock's ticking. Oh, I always feel pressure. Mm. Um, okay, so my third one is going to be... Wow, like uh, 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 the like an organ. Great, like yeah, talk it out. A, Let's talk it out. <laughs> an organ. This is mash therapy. Um, mash therapy. Wonderful. See, I don't need therapy. I'm getting it through mash. That's right. Hmm. Okay, hmm. so somewhere in Oregon, somewhere in the beautiful, yes. woodsy, yeah. green state of Oregon. Yes. Fantastic. Couldn't Great. agree more. I feel the same. Uh, okay, next category. I always got to put this in because it's one of my faves. Uh, in this reality, maybe there's a food or foods that you're allergic to or the calorie count or it's huh? eth- ethically it doesn't feel great. In this alternate universe, you can have any of these three <sighs> things and you can do a category or like one specific thing. In perpetuity, zero ramifications for anyone. So these are like guilty foods. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm going taffy. God, I could have just said guilty foods. You really made it succinct in a way that I seem unable <laughs> to Guilty do. foods can mean a lot taffy, of things, so yeah. I'm glad you explained it. Yeah. Um, taffy because I can't do like real sticky stuff because it pops out all my fillings. Yeah. I have yeah, white yeah, teeth. Yeah. It's like they made can't like when you really think about it, you're like, wait a minute. Why would we why are we making delicious candy that all it does is ruin everyone's it's teeth? I mean, I sugar is one thing, but then when you add on top of that, yeah, like the substance that basically It's the cigarette of the candy world. That's right. It serves no purpose except to make you <laughs> make you worse. Um, okay. Uh, taffy is one. Um, I'll I'll do like uh, veal i guess you know yeah, I, i'm exactly. sure that's a popular that's one because like my general rule is like I, I i mean i used to be vegetarian i'm not anymore but i have a general rule of like free range meats mm-hmm. and no babies yeah except for eggs yeah but they're not babies yet agreed i love eggs agreed um and then my third one taffy veal a guilty food um let's see something that is just it's just not good to eat too too much of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or by the way it could also be something that you can't get readily so if it's like oh, oh this one uh-huh. dish i had in taiwan like oh god i've never been able to like you know but, i, I but even now try to find the fried rice the that supply. i got blah, blah, blah. Ooh, okay okay um i don't know if that helped or hindered it, but i know that it, i it opens it up scope. um i think then my special thing what are something maybe expensive oh good yeah 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 yeah. like um i would say like yeah like uh sushi that that you can catch right out of the ocean right sashimi that's right out of the ocean oh yes i got to uh the first first time i had like a long trip to taiwan as an adult um 
I went with my boyfriend at that time and we went to Japan and we got to eat at a restaurant that serves you sushi that they catch right out of the ocean. You have to get there at like five in the morning or whatever. Um, But yeah, they just pull it out of the sea. That's pretty amazing. Chop it and give it to you. Boy, that's a ra- that is a rarity. Okay, let me just make my note that it's right from the ocean! Exclamation mark. <laughs> okay, three movies that you can jump into. You're not a character in them. You're just in that world. You can hang with the characters, so you're not reliving the plot. You're just like it's just like an escape into that movie. Oh, okay. Like I, I get to absorb that reality. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and yet what another category that I am sticking at you. At the last minute when you have to make snap decisions. I love it. Um, <laughs> interesting. Because, yeah, that's so different from your favorite movies because a lot of my favorite movies are based solely in reality. So, like, yeah. you want you want to take, want advantage, to take advantage of this question. Yeah. Um, but that said, if it's like a movie that you love watching because it always makes you feel good, then who cares if it's based in, in, a, in an Earth-human-based reality? Yeah, I it. guess so. Yeah. Where it's like, okay. I mean, I guess I don't want to live there because it seems like it would be too stressful but to keep up. But Crazy Rich Asians for a visit, yeah, wonderful. Oh yeah, there just you go. like a bunch of fancy, fun, cool parties, beautiful scenery. Yeah, Singapore, great. Um, second one. Oh my gosh, this is so random. It's not really my favorite movie, Adventureland. I think it's oh called. yeah um where it's at a theme park yeah you know what's kind of why this one comes yeah. to mind is because i remember watching it and kind of feeling like that joy of being like in your late teens or whatever your early 20s and like that that special simplicity of like having a crush on somebody who worked at a booth and your like stupid summer job and your whole life was just like summer job and then you hang out with your friends and like you're like you've got like your friends and you're meeting new people and just like possibilities just feel so Agreed. Uh, a lie. I couldn't. I absolutely I know exactly. It's weird that one of my fantasy worlds involves like a summer job you hate, but you get it. <laughs> I know, but it's you all get part it. of that same. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one. Great. So we got Crazy Rich Asians, we got Adventureland, and we're going to, I hope you're able to edit down this mulling that I'm I, doing. I welcome my editor, Julian, to edit oh, it as good. he sees fit. Julian, help me now. Okay. So my last one, and this comes with an explanation, Aladdin. Okay, Disney's great. Aladdin. Yeah. And it's because when I was a kid, I would run around my backyard and, and I made up like a whole entire plot for this was before Return of Jafar and um, the third one. Uh, <laughs> but I made up a whole plot for Aladdin 2, the sequel where I was Aladdin's daughter, Aladdin and Jasmine's daughter. Hey. Um, so I was a princess, but I moonlighted as a street rat Amazing. because I had my like dad's genes of adventure uh-huh. you know I would jump around like pretending to like steal things and give them to the poor and, and that was that is how I spent my time adorable instead of making friends and- it's absolutely adorable <laughs> nonetheless very very charming so Aladdin Aladdin mm-hmm. I'm I'm very very pleased by that okay next category let's do three alternate universe careers and again oh, it's like yes. you know this one's easier great all right in an alternate alternate life I am a I'm a politician great in an alternate life I am a high school teacher great yeah I I could see myself really rocking it um and in an alternate life I am a visual artist who's got a studio in Venice great Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm well let's do that then let's do three sort of visual art skills that I mean it could be tactile you know anything that's yeah. like 
not music or performing, but that has the sort of artistry to it yeah. um, that you wish you were just like perfect at. Okay. Like, oh God, this, I'm um, amazing at this. Poetry. Right? Writing it. My second one is, that counts as a visual art, right? Even though it's like. I'm great mm. with it. Okay, go ahead. Cool, 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 cool. My second one is animation. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. And my third one, because I feel like like I, I like to draw, and I feel like if I spent enough hours, I could be really good at drawing. That'd um, be great. I do not have that feeling about myself. Uh, um, so, so, we'll, so we'll just go uh, drawing, you great. know, which is like a weird thing to wish for because that's like one of those wishes that it's like, yeah, Leelan, if you just worked harder. Like, I know, but wish. that's what this is for. It's like, you know, listen, I could be a pianist if I wanted to. I yeah. know how to play yeah. the piano, but I, I'm there not going to be a virtuoso. Mm. But I would have oh, I could have done so. Oh, that's not a visual art. Yeah, like, that's oh. true. I guess I expanded it. I, I guess we expanded it once we brought poetry into it yeah. a little bit more. But that's okay. I mean, listen, you read poems. What can I say? Mm. They're right there on the page. That's visual. <laughs> uh, okay. Next category. This is a mash game that usually involves romance. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, so this is three people. Again, any era. Could be a character from something. Doesn't have to be a real person. Uh, three people that you are going to spend some time with romance style in oh this gosh. alternate universe. Okay. Um, I found the shirt at a thrift store and I bought it. Uh, it's a shirt that says, I heart Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So he's got to be in there. Wonderful. Um, my second one is, I feel it's, I feel like at this point it's so outplayed to say the Fox the, from the animated movie, uh, Robin Hood. Wait a minute. Has anyone ever said that before? I feel maybe one person. I feel like, but I feel like we all know it. It's like we all have a crush on the fox from animated Robin Hood. All right, it's in. I support it. It's in. I very much support it. Okay. And then my third one is, I know there's good answers to these questions. I love that you're like, we, listen, we all, we all know we have a huge crush on Robin Hood the fox. Like we we do. It's out there. I love it. There's, there's pop culture reference at this point. And my favorite part is that something it's like, that was something that was a, a collective consciousness yeah. where so, one person said it and we all felt like dominoes yeah, and we're like, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. We don't know what it is. Yeah. That's a sexy Fox. Oh, satisfying. A foxy Fox. My third one is okay. This is weird. So I'd have to be, hmm, no, that's too weird. When when I watched Almost Famous, I was like a lot closer to the age of the main boy, right, and right, he right, just right, like right. won my heart. Yes, I, listen again. Know? This is sort of the suspension of all of that. It's like you're not saying you yourself in your body at your age right now wants to be with a teenage boy, but if it fulfills the idea of like on some level that essence, like that. Okay, feeling so that I'm the very the fine character of yeah. from Almost Famous. Yeah. If I were a teenager, yeah, he's so adorable. Oh, he just like that vulnerability is just like, oh, yeah, it's raw. kills me. It's raw. It kills it's me out there. Yeah. What did I just see him in? Because he doesn't act as he doesn't work as much, but he was some like a cop on something like a Fargo type thing. But I don't. Oh, think that's really? What it was. was he out in, there? Um, I think I'm getting my child actors confused now. Was he in Haunting of Hill House? He might be. I mm. honestly don't. I think know. I'm getting my child actors confused. I've, I've, I, I've, I saw him crop up someplace recently and I was like, there you are. Hmm. Um, I'll have to look it up. Okay, final category. Ooh, final category. Ooh, now the pressure's on me. <laughs> mm. 
Are you just making these categories up on the spot? Listen, I, I don't think any of them are ones that I've never done before. Sometimes something is so unusual that Still, like, but this uh, is very impressive. Well, I try to tailor it to the conversation. I don't want to, I don't want to stick you with something that you're like, I don't care about that. Why mm. would I? I feel that the most challenging one was definitely movies since you didn't go, since you didn't jump straight into like, true. thank you for asking me this. I've been waiting to be asked this. I would go, you know. True, 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 true. <laughs> um, is there a category that you can think of? Again, no pressure. But it is there something to... that's like my 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 closest friends know that what I would definitely want to be asked is like, what kind of car would you drive? I love vintage cars or Ooh. like if I could take credit for an invention, I would take credit for, you know, one of these three things. Yeah, I got to get out of the hot seat because then I'm going to feel yeah. a lot of pressure. Now on I'm, answers. Giving you, I'm giving you category. I can't, pressure I can't do it <laughs> on top of a category. Pressure. Because I have one. Like, oh, okay. I have okay. one because you brought up the whole sort of like the era of the tank top in the baggy jeans yeah so you get to from any era any gender any country anything yes three styles let's assume it doesn't matter what they look like in this universe they all are the same amount of comfort they're all as comfortable as you're wearing pajamas oh okay. but you get to like sport it and there's it makes sense where it doesn't matter like if you're wearing a, the suit of a soldier from the 1800s, no one's going to pay attention. You just, like, get to love it and be in it. Three, uh, three outfits that I just feel so boss in. Yeah. Like okay. It, like, and from it could just be, like, the flapper look or, you know, it could be really specific. I mean, you said it, and I, that was the first thing that came to mind because I rock a flapper dress very well. Right. Flapper is in. Full flapper. Love it. Second one is, oh, I want to go, like, I don't know what you would call this, but, like, Hunger Games warrior gear. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like badass. Yeah, badass. Like badass future meets past. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's like organic future. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Future meets past warrior stuff. <laughs> I can't oh, make anything gosh. simple. I want to go. Um, yeah, I think I want to go like. I want like Sailor Moon stuff to be totally normal to wear. Right. I feel yes. like yes. I would feel so happy and cool. Yes in a sailor moon outfit but it's got to be like normal to wear because i don't want to be like a fetish yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but i guess i don't know yeah percent no i feel the same okay uh you know this part i just do like a little squiggle just to get my number so mm -hmm. that i can then eeny meeny a little bit so tell, tell, tell to me when to stop all right and um, stop all right i'm gonna pause this okay to the listener we'll see as if no time has passed <laughs> and i will be back with your 100 guaranteed oh fictitious smash future all right. I am ready. I'm very excited. Uh, first of all, oh boy, some of this I really didn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do know <laughs> what that says now. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your expertise drawing. Look, you skipped straight past the practicing. You're a virtuoso. Oh my god. You're gosh. an amazing artist. Like, if I was like, oh, can you sketch me really quick? You would like it, it in would a be second. Me. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. And then I would go, is that what I look like? And you go, yeah, it is. And I go, mm, okay. <laughs> uh isn't that what typically happens whenever yes. somebody does like fan art of me i'm like oh is that what i look like <laughs> Th thank you <laughs> i don't know what i think is well i don't know what i'm gonna think in my head i'm gonna look like elsa from frozen or something like yeah. they're just gonna cartoonify it so that i'm like it's, oh i'm flawless yeah yeah the more cartoony the better when yeah. it's like real life like you're like i appreciate oh 
Oh yeah, I guess I do have all those yeah, wrinkles that's where my bones <laughs> okay. show. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I got to embrace it. That's life, man. Okay. So, wonderful, wonderful drawer. I love that I somehow made that about me and my insecurities. Um, <laughs> you have a beautiful uh now this I can I'm starting to picture. You have a beautiful house, not a shack, apartment or mansion. You have a beautiful house in Oregon. Oh. One assumes there's a beautiful studio like just that's one of the rooms in the house. And that's that where I can draw. Drawing studio. Oh. Sounds very relaxing to me. Uh un Limited amounts of very, very fresh sashimi. Yes! You do not have to get up at 5 a.m. to have. Oh my gosh. Uh, kind of wonderful. Um, you are, uh, you you have collaborated with and have sort of a friendship with um, uh, Viola Spolin. Wow. Oh my so gosh. She's going to love my Jorgen like house. You went right to the source. Oh, this is great. Um, I have questions. You can fly right into Aladdin <gasps> when you just want to sort of escape into like a fun fantasy world of your own making. Oh yeah, man, and have a bunch making. of like bull-like guards bop around the city yeah. chasing me as I swing from clothesline to clothesline. Yay! Um, and then uh, you have also ended up with, um, and by the way, I don't know if you're wearing all of your Sailor Moon garb for that or if you save that for something else. Sporting that and it's looking pretty fly oh my gosh uh and then that just leaves you with uh, your romantic partner which granted we this is the most sort of ethereal like not quite defined because he was he's a was a child but you do have that kind of that the, um, the little almost famous adorable you picked a good guy i love that you got so my life is so much like based in regression like i gotta escape to aladdin's universe i'm in a little sailor moon costume having a romantic affair with a teenage boy this is great young young young, young in every positive way oh my in every positive way oh all right, my dear. That will wrap up the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm Thank so you glad we so got a much for having to get me. to know. Well, I guess you don't know me as well as I know you now. So um, I know many things. You get listen. You get a sense. <laughs> I get a sense. You got a sense from the minute you got to my house. Um, is there anything that you would like uh, the people at home to know about where to find you? What's happening? Where they can see? Yes. You, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much communicative um, with what I'm doing with my Instagram handle, which is at your friend Lelon. Lilan is L I L A N. That's how it's spelled correctly. Lilan. Yes. At your friend Lilan. Yes, you have many followers on Instagram, as if I, I remember correctly. It's the, the Andy Mac fan base is supportive and wonderful. Yes, that is a perfect place to find you. Andy Mac is a beloved show. It's one of those shows that I think people say now when they talk about doing certain kinds of programming. They're like, you know, oh. we want it to be good, like Andy Mac. Do you oh, know what I mean? My heart like, I feel is like I've been, I've been part of those conversations where someone's like, so this is the kind of show that we want to do, like, you know, we want it to be really good, like an Andy Mack type show, da da da. Like it's it's being used as My heart is so full. A paradigm for like, yeah, it's oh, great. I, I I haven't heard it said in that way yet, and that just makes me want to cry and laugh and hug you I'm all so at the same time. You can do all of those things and more. And Yay. more. What's happening now? Now, now we do what you're up here like, please don't touch her. There's no reason. Janet, what do you do? Janet. Um, thank you again for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. You wonderful. So I will talk to you next time. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.